0: Good evening, everyone. Our first reading uh, recounts um, uh, certainly a difficult time uh, in human history. And often, and certainly for this first Sunday of Lent, uh, the first reading uh, is tied into our second reading. Um, And the real focus should be on the fact that uh, God created a covenant with people. First, He said, I will uh, never allow these waters to be destructive again. But uh, he enters into the covenant with Noah, uh, which would, uh, which is great for humanity, right, for, for us. And it's one, he's, uh, I talked about relationship. You know, we're, we're told that God isn't the God of creation of the world, is God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Well, he, a relationship in that the covenant, this covenant that he established with Noah is a sign of that. It's a sign of friendship for us. And, uh, of course, St. Paul says, you know, he references, you know, Noah, the, the eight of them are saved in the water, prefigures this water of baptism. So I don't have to explain the second reading, and I'm thankful for that. Um, friends, uh, um, on the first Sunday of Lent, the, the uh, time in the desert uh, for Jesus, the time of temptation, is read every, uh, the first Sunday by all of the uh, in all three years, A, B, and C. This year we have Mark, and Mark's account of it is kind of different. We pick up from Luke and Matthew some more details, but Mark um, does something different. He keeps it pretty short, and his focus is a little bit different. And um, so as we enter into this holy season of Lent with its 40 penitential days, um, we do so uh, certainly in solidarity with each other. Because we're family, but uh, we do so in solidarity with our Lord, um, which, in Mark's account, we're told the Spirit uh, sends Jesus into the into the wilderness, and uh, my friends, in that wasteland, uh, the Lord stayed for forty days, and, and it said among the beasts, and uh, and is tempted by Satan. Now, Luke and Matthew have. Uh, they're not in contrast. They just have some other details that Mark uh, doesn't have. And it's because Mark, uh, he's not focused on that at all. Um, so what is the purpose then of this retreat of Jesus? Uh, I, I lightly joke about it because Mark almost presents it. It's only like five sentences. Matthew and Luke go on and on a little bit about it. Mark's just like, here, kind of like a bleep, and then he moves on. Um, so what is the purpose of this retreat, if you are at the beginning of Jesus' ministry? And how does it affect us? And uh, the wasteland, um, as I call it, or the wilderness, signifies a place of emptiness, of dryness, of isolation. It is a place devoid of comforts and conveniences and even consolations. In the desert's barren, uh, barrenness, um, one is forced to confront the full reality of the self. Each one of us. I joke and say, wherever Father Mark goes, that's where Father Mark is. I can escape you guys, but I can't escape myself. (laughs) You know, wherever I go, there I am, so I need to deal with me. And that's what I'm saying. When we go into that kind of environment, there are no distractions. I get to deal with me. And, um, one has to be then very collected about themselves and uh, very alert and very focused and really active uh, to, re- to survive such a time. In the desert, uh, remember Jesus, what well, we say, Jesus is fully divine and fully human. So in uh, the desert experience of Jesus, he wrestles with the limits of his humanity. The desert experience uh, recreates, and purifies and renews us. But not Him. Uh, our Lord, it's a little bit different for Him. Um, but my friends, uh, um, for old Scripture scholars and uh, uh, the whole idea of 40 days, uh, fasting, all that, it has a lot of Old Testament uh, symbolism. And um, so because of that, I'm going to bring up some pieces. Uh, in the beginning... When God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless wasteland. Genesis chapter 1, line 2. In the beginning of his ministry, Jesus enters the wasteland to prepare for his work of recreation. Remember, Jesus has been, well, we know him as Jesus, but uh, the Son has been with the Father from the beginning, and uh, when we study especially Hebrews, we find out that uh, the Son uh, was very active in creation. You know, when we think about it, we think of God, and remember we have a triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit. And uh, in, uh, in the, all the letters to Hebrews, we get a, this amazing picture, but that's a different homily. I, I'm going to regress, and I shouldn't talk about that because we'll be here all night long. <laughs> but Jesus enters this wasteland to prepare for his work of recreation for us, on us. For just as the Lord once found his people in the wilderness, a wasteland of howling desert, Deuteronomy 32.10, so too will Jesus find human beings then in the wasteland a little bit different, a wasteland of anger, of sorrow of regret, of doubts, of denials, and of sin. From his experience in the desert, Jesus goes forth to meet us in that wasteland where he ultimately will shepherd us, his people. Very similarly, the wild beasts uh, signify that which is raging in humanity, idolatry, fickleness, faithlessness, now, uh, one year from now, if you come back and we'll be in Luke's Gospel, you're going to hear me take a little different twist on the beast. Letting you know now, because I know you won't remember. <laughs> but I'll be able to say, I told you I'm going to talk different. But here, in Mark's Gospel, the beast represents all the chaos. Through Moses, God warned the people who had forgotten about him. There, it's he said, emaciating hunger. And then he went on to say, and the teeth of wild beasts I will send among you. Deuteronomy thirty-two twenty-four. In the desert, Jesus is one with the will of his heavenly Father. There he is strengthened for his mission to make God known, to make God loved, that God will be worshipped and adored from the heart of the people no longer just lip service and externals. The union of Jesus with his father tames the chaos of humanity's soul. I recall how uh, Eliphaz urged Job uh, to make an appeal to God. There it says, at destruction and want you shall laugh. And it goes on, and the wild beast shall be at peace with you. I'm covering my tracks because Luke and Matthew, their vision of the beast are like Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve messed up. <laughs> and there in Job, the book of Job, it says, Then you shall approach the grave full of vigor, a free a foreshadowing of Christ and what he would do. My friends, this reality is fulfilled in Jesus then. And in those whom sincerely embrace the graces of the time of Lent that we have, um, it will have made great meaning. In Mark's gospel, we're told, uh, and the angels ministered to him. This is a stark difference from uh, Luke and Matthew's account. So it implies in Mark's gospel, Jesus does not confront his temptations alone. So that means neither do we. God provides us with his love. God God provides us with his grace uh, to see, if you will, divine providence at work in every occasion of temptation. And then it allows us to abandon uh, any attempt to rescue ourselves uh, simply of our own power and then to turn our lives over to the guidance and inspirations of the Holy Spirit I suppose we christians need the experience of the desert to realize just how present the lord is always this world gets very loud and very crowded and we tend to forget i hear it often oh i don't think i pray but i don't think god's around oh he's around he's very close and i think um, the desert experience helps us to really fully realize that. Especially uh, when we run into those moments of great challenge and discord. God will now allow us to stay in this wasteland. Our stay in the desert can revive our hungering and thirsting for righteousness and holiness. A Christian's time, perhaps a prolonged emptiness can lead us uh, recharge into that time of unending fulfillment. The stance of Jesus in the desert teaches us, the pilgrim people, the church, that we must abide by the very word of God, not presume to challenge the Lord's ways, not to challenge or forget his promises, and we must serve and adore God alone. Meanwhile, amid the temptations and the struggles and the challenges of life, we should be mindful that God keeps his promises. Along with the test, he will give you a way out of it so that you will be able to endure it. 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. His grace is always available to each one of us in times of great joy and in times when there is challenge and discord around us. We who experience the reign of God radically in our hearts and our minds and our bodies rejoice in all things and are always at the ready to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior or the good news uh, that Jesus spoke about. My friends, the There's so much rich symbolism, uh, even in those uh, few lines of Mark's gospel, which marks the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. uh, Is 40 days uh, in the desert. And for those who study Old Testament, the first thing that should come to mind is Elijah. Uh, What throws you today is they threw Noah in there. (laughs) So you're focused on Noah, but uh, Elijah, uh, the prophet, uh, for 40 days... uh, he was uh, in the desert, and there uh, we, are, we are told when we read about him that uh, the angels fed him, an angel fed him, and the reason why he was in the desert was to prepare for the mission that God was giving him, and um, Jesus, remember for in Jesus' time, they thought he was the new Moses, so uh, 40 years, 40 years. The people were in the desert, and Moses would lead them, and then it was God who would feed them with manna, and then ultimately, when they started screaming, and you know, the birds, uh, uh, I've kept, I forgot the name of the bird, it's like a pigeon, uh, they ate that, too, I mean, just uh, for good measure, not only will you give you bread, I'll give you this, too, and, um, What God was doing was preparing the 12 nations, the 12 tribes, to be His people. They failed. They failed the tests in the dead. That's why they were out there so long. Where Jesus, uh, the tests come for Him and He passes them. Uh, And so for the Old Testament scholars, they would see this immediately. Uh, And understand this and uh, Mark's account has Jesus 40 days and uh, we're told he's ministered by angels and um, that he um, is preparing for his mission you see Elijah the mission, Moses the, the mission of the 12 nations, Jesus for his mission, his ministry where does that leave us? We're sojourners in this world. This is not our homeland. Is it always a desert here? desert has some pretty nice things in it sometimes. Who feeds us then? Jesus does. With his body and blood, the wine and the bread. What are we preparing for? Because that's the analogy, all of them... We're being prepared for that time of fulfillment. Jesus is giving us a foretaste of the reign of God. The kingdom of heaven is what we're told. Repent, the kingdom of God is upon you. And my friends, um, Moses delivered the, uh, the Hebrews from bondage of the Egyptians and uh, uh, led them into uh, what would be Palestine, uh, the promised land, and uh, Jesus, because you know, the, he's seen as the, the new Moses. Jesus doesn't free us from Egypt. He frees us from the bonds and the slavery to sin. And then he delivers us into the kingdom of God itself.